Come on in, guys, because it's time for another episode of Outwatch, a Survivor Rewatch podcast. My name is Alex, your host and guide for your Outwatch journey. And welcome, folks, to our next mini series season of Outwatch. We were on record as committing to Survivor Cook Islands as our next installment. And we've hedged on that a little bit. <laughs> and that we are doing our first ever uh, speed watch uh, binge season. We'll come up with a good name for what precisely we're doing. But long story short is I've gone through and carefully selected the highlights from this season and shared them with my Outwatch family here so that they don't have to slog through the entirety of Survivor Cook Islands, but rather just the high points. And we're going to talk about them in a uh, a more speedy format um, on our path to Survivor Season 16, Micronesia, Heroes, no, Fans versus Favorites, which will be our next thing. So that being said, I've got my Outwatch squad with me and they have followed my curated list of approximately maybe I don't know about an hour of content I'd say of the first four episodes um, so if you're watching along at home with us here just you know we, we like to remind you whether you are uh, re-watching this season with us whether you have watched it and are reminiscing upon these past times or whether you um, are watching it for the first time along with Outwatch um, we hope that this podcast is a great companion for your survivor journey. That being said, we have uh, we will talk about the first four episodes of Survivor Cook Islands in this episode. So there will be spoilers for those four episodes. Um, so if you don't want to be spoiled, go ahead and watch all four of the first four episodes of Survivor Cook Islands and then come back to the pod and we'll welcome you with open arms. But I have. Uh, gone on long enough here uh, it's time you meet the rest of the outwatch crew um first the defending champion of fantasy survivor the winner of survivor china fantasy uh competition scott welcome to outwatch hello thanks for having me um scott sad to report that we're part of the speed watch uh, will not include um, a fantasy game, but you will have the chance to defend your title next season. That's okay. I will. It's going to be longer to relish my victory. That's good. That's good. <laughs> uh, so we've watched. I, I we haven't watched four full episodes of this season. We've watched bits and pieces of four episodes, and I promise that I've I've chosen for you the best parts. Um, and of those to this point, which moment storyline scene etc was the most uh exciting and engaging and noteworthy for you um there were several again we saw bits and pieces so yeah. like you'll have to bear with me um there's one low-hanging fruit one but there's another one that like stuck with me and it's kind of not, it's all like super like funny but it's kind of like the bird scene yes um so there's a scene where like they're trying to find eggs and they go up in this bird's nest and they knock it off, but there's like a chick. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Um, and I got really sad by that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. This scene, I'm trying to find what episode this was. Was this episode two? 
Is it? No, I think that was episode four. Episode it was four. four. Yeah. Yes, you're right. There's Bird. Yeah, uh, Ozzy and Cowboy. Is that right? Yeah. 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 And then I forget the guy who Jonathan. scoops up the baby. Was it Jonathan? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And then they wind up like putting the bird, the little chick back on the nest and putting it back up there. And I guess everything was fine. I don't really know. They didn't really follow up with it. But you, don't, you don't want them to follow up with it. I don't I don't want to know the answer. But yeah, I was like really struck by it. And I was really kind of sad. Yeah. Yeah. That was a fun. I mean, not fun scene, but it was a, a well done scene. You get a lot of character out of those those three people. Yeah. Yeah. Um, who ended up in second place last season? Let me consult the notes. That would be Emily. Was it Emily? It was. Yeah. Emily, welcome to Outwatch. Thank you for having me. Talk about your favorite moment from the first four episodes of Survivor Cook Islands. Okay, first I have a question. Is this the first season that they do Exile Island? Um, no. No. It is not. Let me okay. fact check myself. I'm pretty pretty sure it's not i think they start that the season prior and they bring it back yes indeed they do okay um so i this is not like exciting but when jonathan went to exile island i remembered that i definitely watched this season when i was younger okay because i just remembered like jonathan looked so familiar to me and then when he went to exile island i remember watching this with my family and i feel like my dad was kind of like this is a weird twist like i don't know why that's <laughs> out my head but i remember him like looking at the a frame and like putting mm-hmm. his hands out in between it i was like oh my gosh i've definitely seen this and when um what's her name she goes by flicka yeah yeah flicka I think her real yeah, name's Jessica. Is that right? Yeah. Out. Jessica. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. When she lets the chickens out, that made me remember too. Okay. So I don't remember like who wins or anything like that. Sure. But I was just like, oh my gosh, I do remember seeing this season. But maybe Time out. it's 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 Flicka, which is a reference to a movie. Yeah. What movie? Isn't it like about a horse or? Isn't the movie that? called well, Flicka? The, yeah, the movie's called Flicka. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Can we do a yeah. rewatch of this movie? <laughs> <laughs> Flicka from 2006. In modern day Weird. Wyoming, teenager Katie McLaughlin. Uh, whoop, it went away. <laughs> <laughs> Enable ads for Rotten Tomatoes. No, thanks. <laughs> uh, they dream of working on and one day taking over their father's ranch. And then she tames a, tames a Mustang. Nay, Sounds nay. It's two thousand six movie. <laughs> uh, yeah, Emily. Maybe something else in this season will like give you more sense memory, and you will remember who wins. <laughs> You'll like see someone on a beach, yeah. and they're like, "Wait." <laughs> yeah, we'll see what happens. Yeah, it'll all come rushing back. Yeah, <laughs> Adam, welcome to Outwatch. So good to be here. Uh, of the bits and pieces of these first four episodes you've seen, which has been your favorite? Um, this, uh, yeah, this is hard. I, I really enjoyed, uh, I've just enjoyed Cowboy generally. Yeah. Uh-huh. Like, I, I really appreciate how, it, it, so in like every season of Survivor, there's always someone who's just kind of like weird. Mm-hmm. In some way, like the fish out of water. 
you know, fish out of water kind of quality. And Cowboy is it in this season. But the thing I really love about Cowboy is he's like, he's, he's, he's weird in the sense of like, he just kind of grew up with like different ideas or like different ways yeah. of doing things. Yeah. And like it, you know, comes out and everyone's like, what in the world's going on? And then they like his way of doing things winds up working and it's just mm-hmm. kind of wonderful in that yeah. sense. Like I've just really enjoyed it. Like I, I really like Cowboy. I really do too. Cowboy has has really popped in these first four episodes. It's the bad wind. That's uh the bad wind. Yeah. The people on his tribe have get headaches and Cowboy says that they have the bad wind and then he does something and it fixes them. I'm gonna I tried have to do it to Emily, but she wouldn't let me. No. <laughs> I was say, I'm going to have to steal the, the, the bad wind for my daily practice. There you go. You should look it up. <laughs> I don't think there's an ICD-10 code for bad, bad wind. But... <laughs> <laughs> so, like we've been saying, this, um, this is a little bit um, disjointed, and that I have not asked them to watch every episode of this season, but I have combed through and picked the best parts from each episode that I feel are most important to getting, you know, to not missing any of the good moments throughout the way, but also for getting a grasp of the general overall story. Um, Let's uh, before we get into some of the details of this first episode, just talk about uh, 10,000 foot view Survivor Cook Islands, right? The reason that we're watching this one right now, though it is certainly a mid-tier season and we've really stuck to the elite seasons to this point uh mileage may vary on a couple of those but uh is that this season is i would it is a great precursor along with survivor china to survivor micronesia fans versus favorites which will be our next stop um i think that cook islands does stand on its own pretty well still i'll let you all decide in your limited viewing if you feel the same way and also, we were talking about this a little bit offline before the season started. This season produces um, a pantheon of Survivor absolute legends. There's Adam, you mentioned that you recognized three players from the season as like a non Survivor viewer. Right. Um, and it, yeah, this mm-hmm. this season, though, it is not the most spectacular on its own, introduces us to characters that we will see time and time again um, throughout the rest of our survivor watching journey. So I find it important to be introduced to them in their first go around here. Um, Perhaps one of the reasons which it is the most difficult to watch is the fact that the tribes to start are divided by ethnicity. You can't really ignore this. (laughs) It's the elephant in the room. There's a tribe um, of white folks and a tribe of black folks and a tribe of Latinx folks and a tribe of <laughs> Asian folks. <laughs> and um, that's bad. <laughs> um, but to survivors, uh, maybe not to their credit, but the silver lining, and we'll play a clip here in a second, which kind of talks about this, is that this means that to this point, there is a higher like percentage of people of color on this season of Survivor than we've ever seen before. Um, usually, right? Like we've seen, there's one or two, and it's like three quarters of them this time, right? Which is cool. Um, and I, I think that 
yeah, for as bad as this certainly could have been, it's still not great, but um, I think it's it's handled pretty um, decently. So all that being said, uh, at at first um, viewing here, Scott, maybe you can speak to this first. What is your like um, initial take on on what you're seeing um, based on like the characters that we've gotten to this point? Um, the location, it's the twists, et cetera, et cetera. Also, Exile Island. This is the second time we're using Exile. Yeah. Um, so, like, I guess to speak to the theme, like, I will say, like, it's like they're set up by, by how they're set up, but really, like, I was kind of, like, pleasantly surprised that it didn't really dominate the conversation. Like, yeah. it was, like, from, like, the first 10, like, first clip on, it really was just survivor so mm-hmm. like I, I was pleasantly surprised for that and i think fairly early on they do like a tribe swap anyway so mm-hmm. like it doesn't we don't really stick with it which yeah. is which is pleasantly surprising on my from my perspective um exile island is something different um i've seen it like maybe in one season i've watched like one of the newer ones but i've not really i'm not super up on it so mm-hmm. you might have to refresh me a little bit on what the point of exile island yeah. is i know it gives the person there a disadvantage <laughs> <laughs> yeah i know that, yeah and we saw like there was like an idol and stuff there but um i don't know it was enough to like it was definitely intriguing like <clears throat> watching like the whole season unfold like from the clip point of view i was enough to where i was like oh, i could maybe like see myself sitting down and like doing like an actual watch through of the season and so i'm I'm intrigued so far hey don't don't let me stop you if you want to go beyond just the clips that i've given you and watch the whole things just just do it yeah maybe i I don't know we'll see let's talk about the opening here this is one of the more dramatic and epic openings to a survivor season that we've seen it like starts right off jeff is like doing his intro segment you know where he's like for the first time ever, we've assembled 20 Americans, blah, 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 39 days. But he's doing it on the boat while chaos is happening around him. Right. And like the contestants are doing their marooning, getting supplies and everything. I found this to be really um, intense and engaging. Did you guys um, were you like grasped by this opening as well? I was wondering if they were acting while he did that. Like, I don't know. You know what I mean? I yeah. So this was a thought that I had because if if they're not acting, that means Jeff had one take to do this, and Jeff's a professional. But also, so. but also a lot of the it, it's mostly voiceover. If you watch it, it's there's that's not a true. ton that's like act. The camera's actually on Jeff, and he's saying what he's saying. Mm-hmm. It happens a few times throughout, but so I feel like with that, you could probably get away with just like it's okay if you mess up. We just need you to hit hit it a few times so we can make it seem like you did it. Yeah, correctly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We watched yeah. the marooning here. Um, I, I, another thing I'm gonna do, I think, for this mini series is for each episode, I'm going to play like a, a little quick clip um, just to wet our whistle and, and remind us of what um, we've watched and also to comment on um, for this first one. I've queued up one of these, this scene from really early on. There's this nice little um, kind of uh, 
a merry-go-round here of confessionals right off the bat, where while all the tribes are paddling from their marooning to their camp, you get like a confessional from somebody from each tribe kind of giving their take on what's happening and especially the like division of the tribes. Um, and I think it provides a, a kind of good starting point for us as we watch the season. So I'm going to I'm going to play that scene here. My first thought when I saw the tribes were split right along racial lines was, oh, God, this is going to be hard. Just because I, I, I feel like as a people that have the same ethnicity, maybe we'll kind of clash on things. I could care less about divisions by ethnicity. When it comes to surviving, it's a human effort. <laughs> I honestly was stunned. I mean, this was crazy. I mean, I, you know, on one hand, I think it's a great opportunity because I think it's wonderful that there's more minorities. Uh, at the same time, I'm a little bit worried that it might play out to caricatures and stereotypes. So, I don't know, it'll be interesting to see how things play out. Different <laughs> ethnic group. I mean, is that kosher? <laughs> I don't know. But it's a cool social experiment, I think. What I love about this scene is how it really does run the gamut of, like, expected reactions to this, right? Uh, it, I think it, it does a really good job of, like, you know, Survivor is showing the audience like, yeah, we know this like <laughs> probably isn't great. <laughs> we know they know. But look, like we can spin it. Um, I, I wondered if if these confessionals uh, like did anything towards your expectations of how this would be handled this season. Um, I also I laughed because there was a stray shot of Parvati having a chicken balk at her, <laughs> which <laughs> is important to include i guess um yeah what do you guys think of of um of the takes of these contestants here at the early going hey i think that the the takes are interesting because i i agree that you kind of just run that gamut of like all the possible reactions you could have to this and for the most part it's just kind of a there seems to be this like lingering question in all of them of sort of like, why, why are we doing this <laughs> sort of thing? Um, which is kind of the, this is like what all survivor themes feel like, like almost at all times, but the stakes are so low in those that you just kind of move on from it. This feels particularly weird, Yeah, <laughs> but also like, I, I, I was comparing this to Amazon when we were watching it, where like there's yeah. this whole like story time with Jeff about like men and women and like him. He's he's setting up what that conversation is going to be. And that really made that season horrible. Yeah. Whereas this was like there was no like setup uh, that we saw on like what this conversation is going to be like. And everyone's just kind of like, yeah, I don't know. This is a weird structure to have this conversation. Yeah. I thought Ewell's confessional especially is like so smart and nuanced where he, yeah, like says, look, this is the opportunity well, for. The, yeah, go ahead. I, I think it's I think it's episode two. 
there's a scene where Cowboy's making jokes in mm-hmm. the in in the sleeping area in the shelter, and all of the Asian American people besides Cowboy are like, "You have to stop making those jokes." And Cowboy's like, "Oh, like it's important to be able to laugh at yourself." And everyone else is like, "The problem is that there are people who don't who won't think it's a joke." Yeah. who like will take this seriously who will you're just having a stereotype and like that sort of thing which is a conversation that we would never have on survivor except for the fact that we sectioned off all the yeah. asian american people to be on this one tribe yeah. so yeah it, it was there was like this one of, of the clips that we watched the only other time that it never really came up i guess um you know, there there was kind of this moment of like, yeah, like that's something we really genuinely would never have mm-hmm. in any other season of Survivor, really. And it was like a really an interesting scene and like. Yeah, like you said, it it tells a story that we wouldn't get normally, but like. And I think for most like people watching the show at the time and even now, it's like something that you don't think about and it's like valuable to hear about of course it comes at the cost of us playing a game where it's race wars <laughs> which is bad <laughs> but like yeah like i don't think about these like sorts of dynamics right of like where folks who maybe have the same like racial identity think um like differently about these sorts of issues and it's like presented and handled pretty responsibly and nuanced so yeah i found it to be um good good tv not all of it is though (laughs) uh yeah let's talk about exile island we did a little bit here um but like we said this started last season um and it kind of sticks around through this era um kind of intermittently the idea is that you know at some points players are sent to exile for a day two days three days whatever and miss out on some aspect of the game, namely like camp life, socializing, strategizing at camp. But instead you have access um, to something else, which is typically like access to an immunity idol um, at this stage in the show. Um, Or yeah, sometimes other iterations of this are like clues or advantages etc etc but the main thrust right is you miss out on something so it's seemingly a disadvantage but with the high roll opportunity to maybe get an advantage out of it right um how did that this play for you guys here in the early going um were emily you talked about exile island a little bit were these like engaging scenes for you um do you like the idea of this mechanic or could you you know would you rather it left uh aside Um, honestly, I don't know if it's like the most interesting thing. Um, but I do think the way that they have structured the immunity idols for this particular season is very interesting. Because when Adam and I were watching and we heard about how you use an immunity idol, we were like, oh, that's obviously very different because it's. Yeah, talk about that. Play the immunity idol. Yeah, you play the immunity idol after you've been voted out. So I think something we've talked about in other seasons is people get immunity idols and they'll just kind of waste them because they never really see a good opportunity to use them because you really have to 
take a gamble a lot of times. Mm -hmm. Um, And oftentimes you go home with multiple in your pockets. James. (laughs) (laughs) Um, This was really interesting. I was wondering, though, it doesn't sound like you could play this on someone else, though. Yeah, I don't think so. Um, So this is this is when the Hidden Immunity Idol is really in its infancy. This is the third season ever where there is, um, you know, a Hidden Immunity Idol. The first time it shows up, it is played before the vote. So it it goes through a few iterations, right? The first time it it shows up, it's played before the vote, right? So it's basically Mm -hmm. like a one-off, you win an individual immunity, right? And then Mm -hmm. I'm actually looking up now. I I don't remember off the top of my head how it functions in the second time it shows up. Is it the God Idol as well? Let's see. Okay, yes. Effectively. So in in Panama, which was the season right before this, the Hidden Immunity Idol, um, you you draw it when they have enough votes to be eliminated. They and then the votes cast against them don't count. And the person with the second highest amount of votes will be eliminated instead. So I think it, it functioned the same way as it does this season, like you said, um, which, which basically like it's a God idol, right? It's, it's like Tony's Mm -hmm. special idol he had in Kageyan where you just pull it out after you've been voted out and you're like, actually, Jeff, (laughs) he didn't do that, but it's an idol with special powers. Yeah. (laughs) So it's like, uh, it's, it's crazy, right? <laughs> it's a wild advantage. Yeah. It's huge. Uh, and, you know, to our knowledge, to this point, the only way you get it is by being on Exile Island. So, yeah, like we said, you miss out on something, but you get the potential for this huge advantage. Right. And also, like, I, I think we we can't underestimate how how much it would suck to have your camp that you've established. That's not like the best thing ever, but is better than nothing and be sent to this Island that has basically nothing on it. Yeah. And have just have to live there for a day or two or however long it is. Like, honestly, like I think that would be the worst part of it is being even further removed from your creature comforts you (laughs) had. Yeah. Um, anything else here from this first episode? There are just a few clips that we pulled to kind of set up, um, what's going on. There was the chicken scene where the chickens get loose. Jonathan's chasing chickens around. Um, Cowboy performs his bad wind exercise. Anything else to talk about from episode one? Who got voted out? Um, the person who got voted out was, uh, a fellow by the name of Seku. He was a jazz musician. Yeah. Just, you know, didn't work out for him. Womp, womp, womp. Yep. Okay, well, let's move on then to episode two. So episode two of the season, this is titled Dire Strengths and Dead Weights, a truly iconic 
episode of survivor for um a few reasons uh we we touched on it a little bit here at the beginning of the episode but the most noteworthy thing from this episode is the the billy garcia saga um somebody somebody share the the situation with with billy garcia and how he found love on survivor (laughs) (laughs) forget robin amber (laughs) forget robin forget fig tales we've got billy and candace from the raro tribe so i think that before we go into that we have to set like some back take it one step further back he's a target billy is a target because he is not helping around camp right so because of that his tribe winds up throwing the competition just so they can exclusively vote him out and they they throw it in hilarious fashion it's a very overt throw So it was very, very obvious what yeah. was happening. <laughs> so we get to Tribal, and at this point, I believe he knows that he is the target. And he basically says, like, you know, I'm out here playing the game. It was made worth it for me because I found love. And everybody's like, what? And he's <laughs> like, yeah, love at first sight. And with Candace from the other tri- <laughs> Candace. And then I think Jeff was dumbfounded. Everybody yes. was dumbfounded. This is, and, it's a spectacle. Good. Yeah. And then everybody, they, Jeff goes around and asks everybody, right? Like, what do you think of this? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and they all have to play it off. Like they're not thinking this guy's nuts. <laughs> my, my favorite response is Ozzy's where he says something along the lines of like, I don't know. Maybe I didn't see it. I don't see a lot of things. Yeah. Like, <laughs> so good. What a sidestep. <laughs> yeah. And so. th- this emanates from at the end of the challenge. Um, you know, they, they lose. And like th- Candace and Parvati are, are there on the mat next to Billy's tribe. And uh, I, I think it's I think it's Parvati. She says like, Oh, we feel so bad for you guys. And then Billy says to them, like, it's me. I'm going home. And then they go like, oh, we love you, though. And Billy goes, I, I love you, too. <laughs> and he had this little smile on his yeah. face. He honestly looked like a kid. Yeah. yeah. He looked like a little kid who would just like was super pleased with himself. And I was like, this is odd. And then when we went to tribal, I was like, oh, that's that's what his interpretation was. OK, respect. Also, I thought um, Jeff was absolutely flabbergasted. Absolutely. <laughs> but he was like, what did he say? He said something along the lines of like, I have to admit I'm shocked, but like, you know, I, I want to be respectful. Like, please tell me what happened. So he kind of like reeled himself in to let Billy tell his story, which I thought was pretty nice. <laughs> Guys. Instead of just being like, what are you on about? He was like, okay, like, maybe, yeah, okay. <laughs> Jeff Jeff has some bad moments for sure right we can all agree with that but yeah. name name a better TV host than Jeff freaking Probst there isn't one and it's for reasons like this it, like he could have been like just gone nuts and he was like okay this is gold I need to reel it in 
This is odd. <laughs> Let's, you know, we'll, we'll talk about it no longer here, and, and instead we'll just roll the clip here from Tribal Council where um, Billy talks about his newfound love. So like I was saying, I'm playing the game. That's what I came here to do. My prize isn't even the million dollars. My prize was that I, I, fell, in, I, I fell in love in this game. Love at first sight. Her name is Candace. And uh, in between... <laughs> Candace from Ruro Tribe. Yeah. After the last challenge, we sort of mouthed the words, I love you to one another. And so that was my prize. And my prize was her. I've never heard anything that surprised me more than what you just said. And I want to be respectful because I don't know what happened, but what would she base feeling the same way you feel on? I think it's just, you know, love at first sight. I think it's just a, 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 a rapport thing. So you're absolutely sincere right now. <laughs> I'm dead serious. <laughs> I, we said this before we went online. I don't think that I can't think of a moment in 40 seasons of Survivor where Jeff is more caught off guard than this. Right. You see it in his face. He's like. Like he's so flabbergasted. The the line, it becomes kind of like a, a Survivor meme. The. Candace from the Rero tribe is like a <laughs> it's like a thing. Gonna, and it's even like Je Jeff has this like surprise Pikachu face kind of yeah. thing that he does from time to time. <laughs> and this is the most genuine that has ever yeah. looked on this show. Like it's just this moment of like complete like what just happened? Yeah. <laughs> Because, like, you know, you know, like, he's getting fed all the, the important information, right? Like, he's being told right. everything by producers. He knows what's going on. But, of course, like, nobody, this tiny little interaction that happened at the end of Tribal Council, on which there is nothing to base, and there's no, like, pre-confessionals about, like, of course, nobody's going to be like, oh, by the way, Jeff, uh, Billy Garcia thinks that Candace from the Rero Tribe's in love with him. <laughs> and only when they go through the footage in post are they going to find... You know, Parvati saying, oh, we love you to them. It's well, just amazing. To, the, 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 the like the microphone, the boom microphone isn't even set up to catch that audio. Like they have to amplify it in post and yeah. add the like text underneath it. So that way you can hear what even happened. Like, no, the, some editor was like, great. Now we have to go find this piece of footage. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> Gotta comb through this stuff. Oh my gosh. Amazing. I was gonna ask if this is like if this is this considered like a major like major scene in Survivor lore, like yeah, or is it just funny because we're watching it? <laughs> it's it's a major scene in Survivor lore in that it's just one of yeah the truly most like inexplicable wild things that's ever happened. Okay, <laughs> yeah, it's in the upper echelon of just like hilarious Survivor moments for sure. I put Tony with the llama. Billy Garcia, Candace from the Rare Tribe, in a moment um, from Survivor Philippines where Russell Swan accidentally calls Jeff Lord. Um, <laughs> what? <laughs> I'll find you guys that clip. And he's like, he's like super religious this season, and he's like, they the, their tribe loses, and he's like, you know, like, uh, vocally like. Being like, oh, God, why do we keep having to lose this? Like, oh, Lord, I, I don't understand. And and Jeff's like, Russell, like, what's going on? You seem upset. And he's like, I'll tell you what, Lord. I mean, Jeff. 
It's incredible. Uh, so good. So another a similar meme is Lord. I mean, Jeff. <laughs> it's like calling your teacher mom. Yeah, right. <laughs> Except you I call so bad for Candace because her ne- her last name is no longer whatever her last name is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's from the railroad trap. <laughs> yep. And. Uh, Candace actually does return later after she's been married to somebody else and so she is a, a different candace later so and it's not billy garcia <laughs> do we ever hear from billy or candace about this because i mean i guess if i'm allowed to skip ahead to the next yeah, episode yeah, to sure. continue this because this was good so they merge tribes which we've talked about um and someone who is on billy's team goes up to candace and she was like, I just have to ask them. Just, just, she plays it cool. She's like, I'm just kind of curious. Like, uh, were you like, I don't even know how she played it. Like, so Billy said Billy? he's like, like in love with you or something. Yeah. And Candace was like, oh my gosh, that's not what that was at all. Like she was kind of the same surprise as Jeff, honestly. Yeah. But do we hear from them outside of that ever? Because that's just like so left field. And it probably made Candace feel really uncomfortable. Totally. That had to have been brought up in the reunion. Yeah, right? 100%. 100%. I, I was going to say the same thing. I don't remember off the top of my head that scene, but I, there's a 100% chance that Jeff's like, oh, so Billy. <laughs> <laughs> that lives rent free in Prope's mind for the interest of season. <laughs> You know, the first thing he's asking Candace from the Rero tribe is like, hey, by the way, is this real? (laughs) Okay, so that's incredible. But there is other like really big stuff that happens this episode. Um, uh, uh, The the main things um, are the the challenge throw, right, which happens for them to be able to vote out um, Billy. And it's like. This tribe dominated the other challenges, right? They've got like Ozzy and JP, like super alpha males on their tribe who are just like throwing themselves off of ledges so that they lose. Right. Um, Did did you guys think that um, though it did bring us this Billy Garcia tribal council moment was throwing the challenge here? um, Did it seem advisable based on on what you've seen or do you fall into the camp still that you never throw a challenge this early in the game. I think they got lucky because they merged so quickly. I think mm-hmm. in any other season they would have, at least that we've seen, they would have waited to merge for quite a while. And I think that really could have hurt them. But I think that it hurts them more because they merged. Cause well, now I guess that's fair. Now they have one less player. Cause, cause the people in, in the subsequent, uh, uh, episodes the people who go home are primarily the people who didn't have a full uh team that made it to the merge so they have less people to like rally on their side because it's uh cecilia in the next episode and then jp yeah man the latinx tribe is really getting hit aren't yeah. they <laughs> yeah yeah they go down one two three there in the second third and fourth episodes so yeah i i don't know like i don't think I think especially considering how small the tribes are, you know that the merge is going to happen quickly. And so I think in this 
case, you really do have to suck it up. Like what he was doing was not anything so bad. Unless you're like JP's whole thing is like, I can't trust this guy. Right. Then I get it. But, you know, yeah, I, I don't know. This felt like it felt simultaneously like, OK, merge is happening. They might be able to pull out of it. And now that we've seen two episodes after the merge or two travels after the merge, mm-hmm. at least three travels, I guess. What's Just her two. name from the. Yule's friend went home, too, didn't didn't she? No. Oh, no, that was Cecilia. Yeah. What are you thinking? You're thinking of Becky. Yeah, Becky's still there. Becky's still there. Yeah, yeah okay, never mind. But yeah, so I, I don't know. I think that there's kind of a, like, they might be able to pull it out because of the merge. And now after the merge, it's like, oh, no, like, y'all should have really tried to keep Billy around because it might have saved someone. Yeah, I yeah. guess that's a good point. But yeah, I don't know. That's a good point that they could have had him on their side, but I wonder if they would have kept him if he would have stayed with them because yeah. mm-hmm. they had a lot of tension. Yeah, and that's true. It's hard th- to keep someone around camp who's not doing anything. Like, right. I- <laughs> yeah, maybe like the the holistic next level strategy is you don't allow Billy to like be ostracized in the first place. You know, you like yeah. right. better to him and make him feel like a part of the group. So right. that this doesn't happen. As long as he's not on Candace's team, you know that he'll be loyal <laughs> to you. Yeah. So <laughs> then all bets are off. <laughs> Thank God, actually, that they were never on a tribe together, because that would have been painfully awkward. Yeah, it really would have. At this point, it's just kind of like fun and goofy. But when they're on the same beach, that's bad news. <laughs> yeah, I actually thought about that. That would have been so uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah that would have sucked. Um, and, th- and then the other big thing this episode is that you will find uh, the hidden immunity idol at Exile Island. The clues given to him are pointing him in the direction of um, some a big thing, <laughs> which kind of looks like a, the letter A in the middle of the island and lining that up with something or other and digging. And uh, he finds the idol. So here we are. Episode two, uh, second trip to exile, either the second or third. Um, and the idol's been scooped up by one Yule Kwan. Um, what, what do you guys think about where this may lead going forward, right? We've seen um, seasons where idols are flying all over the place, seasons like China where they're less um, ubiquitous, but they play a big role. Do you expect that this, um, the idol will play a big role this season or will be kind of an afterthought? Um, where do you think we're headed with this storyline? I think its potential power is amplified by the fact that you can use it after the votes are cast. Like, I think you have less of an opportunity to like play it really incorrectly. Like you'll know if you need to play it or not. Yeah. So like, I think that gives you a big advantage. Now we're still like in the infancy of idols. So like, you know, does, you know, are we at a gameplay point where like we're thinking, can I play this on someone else or not? You know, mm-hmm. so I don't know. But at the very least, I do think it gives him at least a, a mulligan. Yeah. If he wants to use it. So. Yeah, that's that's the problem with this idol is it's really powerful for the person who has it. I don't know if it's as easy to affect the game. As a. Uh, as like a more standard idol, but at the same time, it's not like the more standard idols are ever played all that correctly very often. So 
I, I don't know. It just, I, I feel like I, I want to get excited about idols every season. I <laughs> never do because it just never yeah. like, they never amount to what I feel like anything is all that game changing. <laughs> sure. I wonder like if, if we think through this, um, like play the scenario out, how I'm thinking along, follow my analogy here in the, the online card game Hearthstone. There are <laughs> some cards which effectively their point is to keep you alive longer. Maybe they like block lethal damage, right? Or they like heal you for some amount or give you armor or whatever. And a lot of times those cards actually aren't good to run because all they do is delay you losing by a turn. Right. Like they don't swing right. the game. They just keep your opponent from killing you that term. I wonder, do you think that if Yule's in a position where he gets voted out and has the idol save him? Is that that same scenario, right? Is he just, you know, playing ice block <laughs> and uh, surviving, you know, one more turn and getting voted out next time? Or does, do you think this has the potential to really like swing things around <clears throat> If he's in a position to be voted out in the first place. I think this idol more so than other more normal idols that we've seen, it actually might be in Yule's advantage to tell everyone yeah. that he has it. Because then they know, like, we either have to figure out a way to split this vote in a way that the person we want goes home and we flush out an idol, which yeah. That's hard to do. Yeah. Or they know that they're throwing away a vote and potentially letting him kick out someone that they want. I, I think that like the bigger power of this idol is the threat of it than the actual like use of it. Yeah. Because I, I agree. I, I think it just delays. I don't think it actually like swings it in the actual like playing of it unless you can somehow hand the idol off to the person that's getting voted out. Mm hmm. Which at this point, it seems like everyone knows who it's between for the most part. So you, you might be able to swing that. But yeah. Yeah, and it's harder to split a vote in this scenario than in a normal idol one, too, because not only do you have to get, you know, like a super majority to get enough to split the vote, but you also then have to not just convince the person with the idol that they're being voted for, but actually put the majority of the votes on them. Right. Right. Like it's tough. And I think yeah. you're right. Yeah. So like the specter of it yeah, is very I, scary. I think it's it's the threat of the idol is what's important. And as long as Yule keeps it a secret, he doesn't have that power. Yeah. Um so. were were you this is the last part of this episode we'll talk about. Were you like satisfied by the idol find scene? Um we got like a, a pretty big exile scene that shows you will kind of like deciphering the clues and digging it up. Did we, we've talked before about how sometimes it feels like, Oh, I just tripped over this idol on the beach. It's mine now. Um, and that we've wanted more of a build up to them being found. Was this, did this do it for you in that regard or did it leave something to be desired? I liked it. Yeah, I liked it more than just like the shots of us tripping over like a tree root. Nope, it's not a tree root. It's an idol. Yeah. Um, like I was kind of like 
amazed that like he was able to one find the spot and then also dig down and it's just like buried in the sand randomly on the beach like like i was pretty impressed that he actually found it mm-hmm. yeah i think for me that was the thing is i we both commented when we were watching adam and i like wow he's really digging pretty deep for that yeah it's probably not there but then he found it it was like it was deep in the sand so he was doing it right yeah incredible is a cool shot where they um like lined up the camera so that the island formed the a like where you're supposed mm-hmm. to stand thought that was pretty cool i did like that i mean you you could you can figure out where it is like mm-hmm. we, we, we've talked about that before too where it's like the clues don't really lead you anywhere in particular until you get to like you know four or five and this was like each clue kind of had everything you needed to decipher it yeah writing writing riddles is very hard and i like (laughs) it felt like these were very good riddles that weren't like impossible but like weren't just telling you where it is yeah yeah i i it was a solid little scene for sure um anything else from episode two before we move on to the next one Well, We're let's our heads now. Let's move on. <laughs> so on to episode three. Um, to be honest, this is probably the the shallowest episode that we touch in these first four. Not a lot goes on here. Um, we've got a tribe swap, which takes up the meat of what happens. Um, let's talk about the format here of this swap um, and y'all's thoughts on it. Basically, there is a team captain. And then, you know, they procedurally pick their tribe. They have to pick somebody who wasn't originally on their tribe. So on and so forth. A classic little schoolyard pick them. Um, were you engaged by this uh, swap sequence? And did you think that this was a, a good way to handle it? So not going to lie, for the first three quarters of three quarters of the clip. I thought that we had traded in like dividing the tribes by race to going back to like dividing it by gender, like in Amazon <laughs> <laughs> um, until like the end twist where like they like drew the colors or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> um, but so I was like intrigued, but confused. <laughs> yeah, I was. Yeah. I thought the same thing, Scott. They're like, yeah. it, it was like twist on twist on twist here. It's like, <laughs> it was like, all right, We've got a tribe swap twist and you're going to pick your tribes, which is another twist and (laughs) your tribe and that other tribe are one tribe, which is another twist. (laughs) Like, Calm down. And it was like it was so extended out. It was at the end when they realized that, oh, it's not four tribes. It's two. He was like, put out your hand, take this egg, smash the egg. And then like colored paint got everywhere. Yeah. And everyone was like, what the? And he was like, those are your tribes. <laughs> it was very, yeah, it was very weird. Yeah. They had, they I, had a lot in mind here. I, I think that like conceptually, I liked the way that the swap happened. I, I think it forcing you to pick someone who uh, wasn't on your tribe or hasn't, isn't represented on your tribe yet. I think that's interesting and helps like, I mean, it's about as random as it can be. But at the same time, I will 
forever hate schoolyard picks on survivor <laughs> i hate that there's someone who has chosen last it will always make me sad same it just sucks <laughs> lots of drama though <laughs> um so we've got two new tribes now we've uh left the ethnically divided tribes um back on the past beaches and now we've got two integrated tribes um, the other big thing from this episode, um, again, there's, there's not a lot here other than, um, a scene where Yule, sh um, tells Becky that he has an idol. Um, also I believe Nate catches an octopus, which is freaking wild. <laughs> um, <laughs> that was nuts. And then it's a classic survivor challenge where it's the, like wading through the water. You've got to carry the sandbags, catch the other tribe. Um, I love this challenge. I think it's a great one. Um, the other the thing to talk about, though, I think, is that uh, we kind of get our introduction to Parvati this episode, who um, is one of those survivor legends that Adam mentioned here um, early on. It's no secret, of course, that she plays like more than once um, and is an archetypal player. Uh, I, I've got a little uh, a clip here queued up which is a good kind of a, a synopsis of um, her game here this time out. What are they doing? I don't know. Bonding. Three <laughs> <laughs> men. There are so many men on this tribe now. It seems like we got all the like really big buff guys. I'm absolutely going to flirt with them. Get them on my good side. It's what I do best. I'm a little baby monkey. Yeah, Mo, you're baby monkey. <laughs> I already had Adam from the beginning. You have water in there? I was drawn to Nate in the first place just because he's so like outgoing and funny and kind of charming. So I decided to work him, just for starters. Your pants are falling off me. What's your name, Harvey? Harvey, you were on top of it. My favorite part of that clip is Nate's response is, what's your name? Arvidi? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who are you? Uh, let's talk about this, this first introduction to uh, Parvati, the survivor player. Um, wh what did you think of her... Um, her strat here and how she's presented and, um, you know, uh, aside from being like a recognizable person, do you think that she will be good at Survivor? Well, just give give us your general like thoughts here. I, I have no issue with someone trying to play the flirt like strategy. I, I totally get why. I think the the pitfall in the flirt strategy that we never see many people focus on is that generally speaking, the other women on the tribe won't trust you because they will all think that you're tight with the guys. And that's just like that doesn't work. <laughs> like you, you, you need to be tight with the women, too. Like so mm -hmm. in order, I, I think the most effective flirt strategy needs to start with. I am like solid to you people right here. But just so you know, like, I will be doing this to, like, get information. They'll think I'm tight with them. Like, yada, 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 yada. 
I, I don't know. I am curious to see how well this goes for Parvati. I I don't find her particularly interesting to watch. Okay. <laughs> like, I, okay. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, I'm like intrigued to see it like play out. Like, I don't really have an opinion at this point, like as to how effective it will be. I'm assuming it'll be somewhat effective because we know that she comes back, but that doesn't necessarily mean that like the flirting thing has to work. But <laughs> yeah, um, but, we, yeah we, we have yet to see a returning player season. But Scott, let me clear the air here. Being good at Survivor is not a prerequisite for playing Survivor more than once. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> There's a lot of bad survivor players that play many times. <laughs> this is true. You have a point there. So yeah, I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> Emily, what do you think about um uh, Parvati to this point in the game? Ugh, I don't know. I <laughs> I I think I get the strategy. Honestly, it I don't love like listening to the flirting because mm-hmm. i know that she knows what she's doing but yeah. the, she's just like the little monkey like i don't like that <laughs> i hated that cheesy. too that was bad <laughs> yeah but you know i think she she's clearly being strategic and taking an angle that not a lot of other people are doing or if they are taking the angle i don't know if it's because they're like yes this is my strategy yeah or if they're like oh this is i'll just, I'll just flirt too yeah so that's I don't know. I do appreciate when it's a, a part of the strategy as opposed to just like a couple like of big tales. Yeah. Yeah. Like that was nothing. Yeah. <laughs> like <there> was... <laughs> yeah I think that's that was... like an actual aside. But this is a real strategy. <laughs> yeah. That's what makes her, I think, unique to this point in Survivor is that right? Is that it's there's been plenty of flirty women <laughs> on the show but it's that she so explicitly is saying like this is my game um and, pl- and plenty of other people throughout like the history of survivor will do the same thing but to this point it is kind of um yeah it's it's a, n- a new thing it makes her archetypal in that way uh anything else from this episode not a whole lot going on here we'll talk about some general thoughts here at the end of episode four too Let's go ahead and move on. Okay, and now on to the fourth and final episode of today's uh, Cook Islands mini segment. (laughs) I don't know. Uh, This is episode four, Ruling the Roost. Um, Another, this is a a pretty impactful early season episode here. We see um, JP, who's been one of the bigger characters, one of the more powerful players to this point, um, ultimately voted out by... Um, primarily the women on his tribe who turned the tables on him. JP's certainly not a t- prototypical early boot in that he's a big, strong alpha male. Um, we get the bird scene that we talked about before with Cowboy and Penner. Um, and we get a really fun challenge. Oh, this is also kind of Ozzy's big sh- uh, uh, coming out party, just like Harvey had hers last episode. This episode we see. Ozzy doing his, you know, Hawaiian sling spear fishing, um, absolutely bawling out in the challenge. Um, the things that Ozzy becomes known for. Uh, yeah, let, let's start here. Let, let's start by talking about Ozzy. Um, the, yeah, like we said, this is kind of his first um, episode where you see a lot of him and kind of see what he's all about. 
what did you think about um, and what do you think about Ozzy and his chances um, in this game going forward based on what we've seen so far? Uh, I think Ozzy's really proving himself and I, I keep oscillating between he seems pretty low key about stuff. So I think people really just like him and they're like, he's proving himself again and again to them, especially him getting fish and everything too. So he's clearly providing for the tribe and he knows that, but you know, if he comes out as a strong leader, of course, then he's people like that are always targets at this point. From what we've seen, it seems like he's more in the first category of people are kind of like, okay, you're cool. But I'm sure not everyone feels that way and it could make a flip. I don't know. Yeah, I believe he like explicitly says that his strategy is to be so for them to become so dependent on him around camp that they like can't vote him out. Yeah. Yeah, and I think he is he's definitely thinking about how he is being portrayed and everything, too. So. I think that makes him a stronger player, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you just get the sense that he just gets it. Like, I feel like early on in Survivor seasons, like, they're going to show you, like, I feel like early on there's, like, the people that they're there for, like, the comedic kind of relief early on. But then there's, like, the people that, like, you know are, like, there and they, like, they're going to be a player in the season. Um, I feel like he really has a good handle on, like, what's going on. Um, and I think that he's going to go pretty far. <clears throat> yeah, the... I think Ozzy is really lucky that there are so many large strapping men in this season. Yeah, that there are a lot. <laughs> a, a bit of cover. Because I, I, I think that if you just look at the people, I mean, you see, like, Parvati is a boxer. Uh, someone. JP was a volleyball player, JP, right? volleyball player. Yep. Um, Yule is jacked out of his mind. Yeah. Um, like, his... He like has like the ratio, like his waist is exactly half the width of his shoulder. Like it's crazy. (laughs) Um, So like there are these people in this game that are just like crazy athletic looking and like strong. And if you just even Nate, like Nate looks like he's pretty, Mm -hmm. pretty strong, too. So if you just look at him and say, think like, okay, well, who's the bigger threat? You're going to pick out. At least five or six people before you even point to Ozzy. Sure. But holy crap, Ozzy can compete. Yeah. Like he he's he's like swimming in the competition today. Like he they, they were behind and just Ozzy put them in the lead. Just swimming Ozzy. It's crazy how athletic he is. Yeah. And I think if anyone's paying attention to that, then they're like, we need to get rid of this guy because no one is winning individual immunity with him sitting there. Even with these other guys who look jacked out of their mind, mm-hmm. Ozzy is here and he's just dominating. Yeah. So it's like I, I see him. I can see him going pretty far in this like season because he's just going to fly under the radar until it's too late and he can just ride an immunity idol wave pretty far. Mm-hmm. But like, I, yeah, I don't know. He's such an interesting player. Mm hmm. I'm not 100% convinced that he has like the social game worked out, but like, you yeah. know, he's also like 20 and, you know. Yeah, yeah, he's super young this season. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, he's uh he's stupid athletic. <laughs> it's wild. <laughs> um so the big like thing then from this episode, right, is the the blindsiding of JP. He like by all accounts looks like this player that should be, you know, dominant and that he's a man who is strong, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> who, who like actively takes leadership roles. Um and you know, we get a lot of like like you said, a lot of strategy this episode where it kind of stems from uh like Parvati getting some information from the guys and then taking that back to the women and then like handpicking the the men on their tribe to bring in on the the plan and then, you know, spinning it on uh on JP and voting him out. Um the the clip from this episode that we've got queued up here um, is a conversation that Parvati and Nate have, which kind of gets the ball rolling on um, the vote out this episode. They trust me. By the guys, you mean JP. He's the one who's calling the shots. He's the one who's making the decision. Well, he is, because he knows he has me, and he knows he has the other guys. I just don't like that he is, like, completely in control right now. That's how you like the game of play. Let the king think he's all good, sitting pretty. Is that your new motto? Yeah. <laughs> Let the king sit pretty. I do not want to upset JP right now. That would be the last person I would want on my bad side. So I'm just going to let the king sit pretty until something happens. Right now, like, the, the ball's in his pocket, but it, it can easily leave. That'd be interesting. It's gonna be very interesting. So there you go. <laughs> yeah, this is like smart stuff. But like, you see both of these players like playing the game here, right? Like, I think that Nate has a a great way of thinking here, and that he's like gonna let like JP think that he's good until they're ready to make the move. It just happens to come earlier, I think, than expected. Um, and yeah, Parvati gets like some good information out of him um ultimately with this boot here was this something that was surprising to you kind of seeing it all unfold um do you think that this will constitute a, a pretty major swing from what we've seen um or do you think that yeah maybe that this could have been handled differently for the tribe this is always one of those tricky tricky moves to make because you it's always nice to have someone that you know everyone wants to get rid of i think that's why jean robert lasts as long as he does is yeah. because everyone's like we can literally pull the trigger and get rid of jean robert whatever we want because no one wants him here and i i feel like nate gets that in a way of like yeah like you don't you want someone who you can push blame on because they think they're the leader because they think this because they think that and everyone else sees them that way or whatever but also, like, the women realize that if they don't make a move, then their numbers, their ability to make a move uh, is completely hurt. So it, it just makes sense to go after the person. I mean, this is why you save them. is So that way <laughs> you can get rid of them when you are desperate and need to. So I, I get Nate's thinking. I'm curious how 
his and Parvati's relationship is after that vote. Right. Because Parvati voted for JP and yep. Nate did not. Yep. Yeah, that was what was interesting to me because I think all of the guys voted for JP except for Nate and JP. Correct. Yep. So. Yeah. So Nate is blindsided by this as well. And it, it is a true blindside. Um, they certainly don't see it coming. Um, let's talk about generally what we've seen so far um, from yeah the, the beginning of this season, the first four episodes. Who among this group do you like? Who do you feel good about? Um, who are you interested in seeing, you know, as this season progresses? Um, and yeah, or what, what do you expect to have in store here? Just give me your, your general thoughts going into the next phase of the season. <laughs> um, I, I'm, I'm interested to see how it plays out, I guess. Uh, I, I think that. I think Nate's a really interesting player. He he seems to kind of get the game, but isn't like playing super, super hard. So we'll see how this vote really like changes that aspect of the game for him. Uh, I think Yule is a really interesting player, too. I really like seeing what he does. Uh, curious to see how the idol actually pans out for him. Mm-hmm. Um, on the other tribe... No, they're on separate tribes, aren't they? Mm-hmm. Uh, I I want to see Cowboy go far. I really do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Cowboy's a lot of fun for sure. And then I can never remember her name. Is it Becky with the good hair? That's how I remember it. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's Yule's Yule's friend, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's Becky. I like. I think Becky also. Still has such a shot at being a really strong player in this game. Yeah. I really like her and Yule together. They seem like genuinely good. Mm-hmm. What else? That was what I was going to say. Was, yeah. Really <laughs> Give me like your prognostications. But... <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know. I think just like knowing the players that you told us, like these people come back, like it's easy to see like, why they become bigger name players mm-hmm. um, just from the first few episodes. Um, I'm intrigued to see like, it's kind of cool taking like a bird's eye view of the first few episodes. Cause you see like these storylines being like, kind of like written, I guess and it's, right. I'm intrigued to see like how it like play, winds up playing out, like whether the strategies they use work or don't work or whatever. Mm-hmm. So it's, I mean, I'm interested, interested. Awesome. Well, next time on Outwatch, we are going to hit four more episodes of Survivor Cook Islands. Episode five, six, episode seven is a recap episode. So we'll give that the old skipperoo. Um, and recap. Then, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, episodes eight and nine. Um, I, you know, just a brief overview here. I, th- I think that this middle area of um of cook islands is really where it struggles so it may be a light episode but um one of these episodes especially is definitely dense and borderline iconic so i'm excited for that one 
make sure that you are following and subscribe to our feed wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure to rate and review on Apple or iTunes, whichever that platform is officially called, so that other folks can find our <laughs> podcast. Uh, and listener support has been and continues to be active. Thank you to our uh, monthly contributors. This has allowed us to go ad-free, making this miniseries possible. Without your support, we could not literally be doing what we're doing right now, and we appreciate that. If you are enjoying what you are listening to, uh, check that link in the description to listener support. And if you're able to contribute, we would appreciate that too. Next time on Outwatch, we've got four more episodes of Survivor Cook Islands coming right at you, and we will see you next time. <laughs>